Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. We are your host, Omar Ramos. And Veronica Avila. Listen up, parents. Today's topic is mini-me's. Hmm, that's, that sounds like a reminder that our kids do as we do, not as we say. Ouch. To discuss further this subject, we've invited two special guests who will be sharing insights and professional experience about parenting skills and how they can develop their relationship with their children. Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges, and co-author of The Struggle is Real, as well as Robert Salazar, a millennial, musician, son, and actor. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. So before we go into today's topic, tell us a little bit about yourselves, Dr. Laos and Robert. Go ahead, Robert. Oh, I'll be the start. Um, Hi, I'm Robert. (laughs) I'm an actor. I'm a musician. Um, I'm a son, as they said. I grew up in Pennsylvania to a dad and a mother, and uh, that's me, I guess. And you like to wear beanies. I love beanies. (laughs) They look good on you, too. (laughs) I love them. It makes me not have to wash my hair. (laughs) First millennial thing, (laughs) off the bat. (laughs) That's fun. So we're going to go ahead and jump on the topic for uh, today's uh, podcast. What we do, we as parents place the most value upon in our own everyday life. Not the values we tell our children they should have, but the values they see us actually living and why. To get into that discussion, why don't we listen into this? It's called Singing, Singing Sunday. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, what time are you done tonight? Okay, let's just meet there. Um, that's weird. This kid just sat down at the bus stop. Yeah by himself. Do you need help, little man? No, no, thank you. <laughs> hey, Tina, let me call you back. Uh, okay, bye. Hey, man, are, are your parents around? I do not think so. I do not see them anywhere. Do, do you know where you're headed? Does anyone really know where life will take them? Um, I- I guess not. But why are you alone? Everyone's alone. Sometimes in life you do not have to be scared. It's just an adventure. Okay. Well, just let me know if I can help you get anywhere. Before helping others, you must help yourself. I'm sorry, do you know where your parents are? You understand why I'm asking, right? How old are you? Age is just my number, but my number is eight. That's what I mean. Eight-year-olds don't normally hang out at the bus stop. How old are you? 32. Do 32-year-olds normally hang out at the bus stop? Uh, no. I guess they don't hang out here. Then what are you doing here? Waiting for the bus. Ah. What's your name? Arthur. Arthur. All right, Arthur. My name's Mike. His name is Mike. His name is Mike. Too tired to hike or bike. When you get old, you get tired. And so you have to sit at the bus stop. (laughs) 
Not that I don't enjoy it, but why are you singing? Singing, singing Sunday makes it such a fun day. On Sundays we like to sing. On Sundays that's just the thing to do. <laughs> Have you been rehearsing this? I'll sing something and you repeat. No, that's all right. Mike is old, Mike is old, Mike is really old. Mike is old, Mike is old, Mike is really old. Mike's so old, he looks real old, and he probably smells old too. Where is that bus? Uh, 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 Arthur, it's time to go. Goodbye, Mike. Have a nice day. Hope you don't have to stay at the bus stop too long. Thanks. Excuse me, is this your son? Oh, yes, he's with me. I hope he didn't bother you. No, no, he didn't. I just wanted to make sure he got home safe. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On Sunday, we just love to sing. Singing, singing Sunday. Makes it such a fun day. On Sundays, we like to sing. On Sundays, that's just a thing to do. All right, well, have a good day. Arthur, do you have to go to the bathroom? Yes, Mother, I do. Can you hold it until we get home? No, I don't think so. I have to go pretty bad. Then let's look for a place to pee. Looking for a place to pee. Looking for a place to pee. Looking for a place to pee. Man, that reminds me of my ex-girlfriend's family. Really? Because they were all musicians, and uh, they were all like very happy and pleasant. I would call them the Swede family Robinson, because they were all <laughs> Swedish. And they just like loved to sing and play music. And greet you at the... And of course you sang along, right? I, I did the best that I could, but man, it's hard to keep up. And they have all these songs that they knew how to sing together. Well, there you and go. And I'm just like, I'll play the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it. Although that was funny and maybe a bit annoying at the end. But the main point is that kids actually mimic what their parents do. Here we saw the son mimicking his mom. So they sing, so that's what he does. He sings, too. Dr. Laos, can you tell us more about this? I mean, kids mimic the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah. They uh, basically do what we do. They don't necessarily do what we tell them to do, though. Mm-hmm. And if we're under a different impression or a different idea, we've we've really lied to ourselves. They definitely mimic what we do. And so it's so important to understand that we're a mirror, they're a reflection, they're watching us. And they're these little people that are watching us. And sometimes we forget. We say things, we do things, and later they do the same things. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those things are not quite appropriate. You know, it's funny because uh, when I was growing up, my dad was a very grumpy man. And it was just my dad and I, because I had uh, three other sisters. And growing up as a child, I thought I had to be grumpy like him. So every time my mom would say something, I'd be like, no, I don't. And of course, I get spanked. But it, <laughs> it, it, it was like that for a couple of years because I thought if my dad's, you know, this grumpy man. I have to be just like him. So it's it's, it's interesting, you know, the connection there. And, and just like what kind of man you want to be. Like, you know, right. like, oh, I'm going to be steadfast and strong and like rocky as a man, you know, as opposed to like some dads, I'm sure, are very like open and like calm or tender. 
I have a three-year-old, and um, one day she it's really early in the morning, and she goes to my bed, and she mm-hmm. looks at me. She says, Mom, what are you concerned about? She's three. <laughs> I'm looking at her going, what is this? And then I go, well, I am a psychologist. I probably say these things, you know? <laughs> so it wouldn't be surprising that she's just mimicking so, something So you heard. found your meanie me right apparently, now. Apparently. Apparently. So circling back to uh, Robert, what characteristics do you have from your parents, from mom and dad? You learn a lot about watching how your parents interact. You know, I lived with my girlfriend for a while before we broke up, but the first thing that we really fought about was how we fight. Because my parents, they would always fight by just, you know, they'd say, get it out. You know, don't build any resentment. Just kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the way they would do it. That wasn't how she did it at all. It was all very quiet, laying in wait. And then, boom, atomic bomb, and then, like, leave, fall out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was not ready for that. I was like, no, 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 we just need to just... And it just couldn't... It was harsh. It was hard. Two different backgrounds, so it definitely affected the, the way that you relate with other people. For sure. That's something that we can see. Once we know that the kids are mimicking us, Dr. Laos, then comes the pressure of... You can do this. You can't do this because they're obviously watching. I think what we need to do is understand that parenting is about us also growing as individuals. And we need to consider how we can grow in these areas as well. So sometimes you think of parenting as being one directional, like I'm pouring into the life of my child and that's all. And it is bi-directional. We're learning from them as much as we're also pouring into them. But that means that then we have to do a self-checkup in who Mm -hmm. we are as individuals as well. So we need to be growing. It's not just our children that need to grow. We need to grow as well. And so what is it that I I want him to eat vegetables? Am I eating healthy Mm -hmm. on myself? I want them to be involved in sports and be active and be social. Well, do I have a community of people that I'm social with and that I communicate, you know, that I belong to? So what am I requiring of my children that I'm like myself I'm not? So we can't have that two-faced type of lifestyle. A lot of us do, and our kids pick up on it right away. And then they don't take us seriously later on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just important for us to grow as individuals as well. We're not going to be perfect, but as we are growing and we are also living up to those rules that we've established, then they can see and, and honor that as well. All right. And then what happens when we send exactly that mixed messages? But before you answer that, let's listen to the next skit. It's called What I Say, Not What I Do. Oh, what a lovely birthday party this is. And thank you so much for inviting us to it. Do you mind if I help myself to send this birthday cake? Oh, thank you. You know, all this food is so... Mmm! You know what I mean? I mean, Carol Ann, well, uh, <laughs> we are just so hungry we could spit. Isn't that right, Carol Ann? But where was I? Uh, oh, right. Well, uh, you know, me and her father are just so, uh, proud of her. You know, she's at the top of her preschool class for, um, reading. And, um, and she picks her own clothes, like, every day. Uh, you know, she shares how, uh, uh, she knows how to make her bed. She, uh, oh, 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 she knows 20 words in Spanish. Caroline, say something nice in Spanish. Hola, como estas? Uh, now, Caroline, don't be rude now. What do we not do when we are eating? Put our elbows on the table. What else don't we do? Look at our phones. Uh, what else? Uh... Caroline, don't say, uh. Okay. We do not talk with our food in our mouths. You swallow that food if you have something to say. Thank you. 
uh, where was I? Oh, right. She speaks Spanish, French, or English. Well, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, she's at the top of her class for everything, really. You know, she knows her colors. She can count past 100. And she's just so, so smart. Isn't that right, Caroline? Uh-huh. Remember, Caroline, yes or no? Never uh-huh, never yeah, and never uh, okay? Okay. Uh, well, where was I? Oh, right, schools. You know, she's just going to have so many options when she gets older. Uh, can you say scholarship? I know at least that's what me and her daddy are saying, right, Caroline? Uh-huh. Caroline, yes or no, but never uh-huh, okay? Okay. Now, remember this one time? It was so funny. You know, so Caroline, you know, she couldn't have been more than like uh, three years old. Um, you know, well, me and her dad, you know, we just gotten back together, but we hadn't told her that we were back together. So we were back together, and Caroline didn't know it. And, uh, you know, we were all just to go out and eat, and I was sitting next to Caroline, and Caroline's father was, you know, sitting across from us at the booth, and uh, Caroline, uh, well, she just <laughs> looks at him, and she looks at me, and... Do you remember what you said, Caroline? Uh-huh. Good girl. So anyway, uh, Caroline is so smart. You know, she looked her daddy across the booth, and then she looked at me, and, uh, well, and then she said, um, our, oh, oh, here's what she said. Our driveway can fit two cars, Mommy. At three, she said that. At three, can you imagine? Not four, uh-uh, not five. At three, she's already providing professional marriage counseling. Uh-huh. And her daddy and me just looked at each other, and we said, uh, yes, our driveway can fit two cars, Caroline. Would you like us, would you like us to all, um, stay in the same house tonight? And, uh, what'd you say, Caroline? Uh. Yes or no? Never, uh. Yes. That's right. She said yes. She said yes. Yes. I want the both of you to stay. And that was, uh, well, she was like three, and now she's six, so you do the math. <laughs> but her daddy and me have been back together, and I find out way ever since. I'm trying to, uh, increase her vocabulary. Carol Ann, do you know what find out means? Uh, definite. Carol Ann, yes or no, never, uh, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. All right, now. You're done with your food. Now go on and play, okay? Good girl. Anyway, isn't she just the smartest kid you ever met? Wow, that was interesting. Okay, so, Doctor, what happens when parents, I don't want to say commit the mistake, but they showcase themselves that way? Do as I say, not as I do. Probably we just need to record ourselves. Really? I would wonder, you know, if we would catch up on these things. <laughs> that would be so, interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah you, always, obvious, you, know? you always notice how weird you sound after you hear your own voice. Mm. And your uh and Happens to uh, me every day. Yeah. At work, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, I think sometimes we project into our kids what we aspire or what we want. And maybe we don't have that quality in ourselves. And so we just put, pour that onto our kids because we want them to be something that we lack. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if you're finding yourself struggling with a specific area, hey, maybe you should videotape yourself and check it out and see how you're responding because that could even help you be more self-aware mm-hmm. about what you're doing or not doing that is impacting your kid. That's right. And I mean, we've all been guilty of this. Oh, yeah. But how do we get conscious about it? How do, how do we... How do, how do we um... Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying you're calling out your ums. Um police over here. Yes, no, please, but never. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Who knows? No. My um, mom used to, when I would say like too much, she would uh, make this little motion, like uh, putting her fingers together to like grab my tongue, as in, as if to say, stop it, like, watch out. <laughs> and so I kind of got that annoyed out of me as a kid. Like, well, that's a that. way. That's yeah. a way to pick up on on the little things that we that we like to say but 
when we're acting on our actions, how do we pick up on our actions? How do we not only pick up, but also turn them around? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good tip. I just think, we again, the question is how self-aware are we about those things that we're asking our kids to do? In this case, it was manners mm-hmm. and also things like speaking. I mean, it was obviously she was eating with her mouth full, and that's really annoying. We tell our kids, don't eat with your mouth full, mm-hmm. for example, and then we're doing it ourselves. So it's little things. Do I want my, my child to say please and thank you? And then I'm not saying please and thank you when they do things. You know, there's just everyday little things that we sometimes impose on our kids and we ourselves are not doing it. And what they will do is pick up on what we do, not necessarily on what we say or the rules that we've put out for them to do. You know, that's very true. Now that you're saying the please and thank you, I know that was a big thing for me when I had my first child. I was like, I want to show her how to be polite, how to be kind. When I was growing up, my parents never, well, I don't want to say never, ever, but I grew up in a very strict household. So I never got the please and the, Mm -hmm. it was always just do this and and that's what you do and that's what Mm -hmm. you're expected to do and that's it. So I wanted to change that around. But many parents are doing what they saw when they were growing sure. up. So how do we change that? That culture. The pattern. Yeah, the yeah. culture. Yeah. Well, I think the first step is recognizing what it is that you want to change. What is it that you want to do? And then just make sure you're applying that to yourself. Do I see my child as acting out in a rage and a fit of anger and being really explosive? Yes, I, there's things I can teach him so that he can regulate his emotions. But am I explosive? Mm-hmm. Am I someone that people are, you know, they, they don't know how to respond to me and they're walking around in eggshells um, mm-hmm. around me because in a moment I'm happy and the next I go from, you know, one calm to ten being explosive and angry and then I'm going to become the incredible hawk. And then I wonder why my kids are doing the same. And so I'm just, again, the, the challenge here is what are we doing? How are we living our life? It's just important to do a self-checkup, that self-awareness, so that we don't just always are one directional and saying my child needs to do A, B, C, and D. Yes, we need to do that. But what am I doing to improve who I am as an individual? Because that speaks volumes mm-hmm. and sometimes even more than the specific directives that we give them. Definitely. Good stuff. Hey, Robert, I just want to ask you, I know that you don't have children. Do you have children? I don't. We did not ask you that at the beginning of the podcast. No, no, no. Well, I am a child myself. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right on. But uh, the point is, I mean, obviously there's a lot of parents that don't want to admit their mistakes, but what would you say to parents to have them open up to maybe tweaking their parenting skills so that they don't act this way where they're trying to control their kids via words versus examples? I think it's always just about being considerate to how you act. Think about your friendships. Think about like how how do I act with my friends? What kind of friend am I? And then you're going to be thinking about what kind of husband or wife I am. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you can really try to tackle what kind of parent I am. Because it starts with you, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's what I would say. Right on. So uh, thanks, Robert, for that. So we're going to go ahead and move forward and jump over to the next skit that we have here today. The effect is long term. Check out Carol and a few years later. This is called Don't Interview With Your Mouthful. So, Carol Ann, in your own words, uh, why are you a good fit for this university? Uh, well, that's a good question, sir, and I, I thank you for it. Um, first of all, I take my education very seriously, as does my whole family. And, uh, well, uh, just as long as I can remember, I've always looked for scholastic challenges. I've always tried to um, remain at the top of my class. I never like to make excuses for myself, so if I say I'm going to get something done, well, then, man, I uh, I get it done. And that's just the way I like it. Excellent. 
Excellent. That's, that's just the type of student we prize the most, determined. Now, I see here that you are the head of the French and the Spanish club. Is that right? Yes, sir. And are you fluent in French and Spanish? Oui. Si. Yes. Do you find it difficult to keep all those languages straight? No. <laughs> that was French and Spanish. And English, too, I suppose. But no, I don't know quite for certain what it is, but I've just uh, always had a head for languages, I suppose. Do you mind if I help myself to one of those sandwiches? Oh, no. Uh, please, help yourself to any food you would like. You know, this interview doesn't have to be quite so formal. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm so hungry I could spit. <laughs> uh, I've always enjoyed communication, and um, I've always wanted to be able to speak with the, as many people as possible, I suppose. So, taking Spanish at my school seemed like a good start. And since I had the time, I studied French, too. And uh, I think Italian might be next on account of how it's structured so similarly. But then again, I think I might want to challenge myself and learn something completely apart from the European continent. Maybe Mandarin or Russian or Arabic. Oh, and also I'm working on my American Sign Language, but that's more of a hobby at this point. Well, that, that's very impressive. No, oh, thank you. I have to be honest, Caroline, with your GPA, your extracurriculars, your obvious language skills, I think any university would be lucky to have you. So let me ask you, what would you think of coming to study at our School of Foreign Service? Oh, are you kidding? Well, that would be just a dream come true. But I suppose I should say the same thing to you as I say to anyone who asks. My thoughts at the moment are not finite. You know, well, I just look forward to coming to see your campus. Well, we look forward to hosting you. Thank you. And if there's anything else we can do for you in the meantime, do not hesitate to let us know. Well, thank you. I, uh, I can't think of what that might be, but I'll surely let you know if anything comes to mind. Merci beaucoup y gracias por su tiempo. You're very welcome. Sayonara. <laughs> oh, uh, Nihongo Bahanasu. Uh, sorry, I, uh, I don't actually speak Japanese. Oh, I apologize. Well, uh, until we talk again, bye now. Oh, and thank you for these sandwiches. They're just the very best. All righty then. So, ten years later, Carol Ann sounds just like her mom. Mm -hmm. Wowie. <laughs> I mean, she had the qualifications. Obviously, the person interviewing her wants her to come to the school. It didn't seem to affect academically, but goodness, the manners are there. How does this affect, how do our patterns as parents affect our kids later on in life, doctor? This was way too funny. I just still, <laughs> I'm just still thinking about all the crazies and our creative team that is having way too much fun <laughs> with these I kids. Know, right? But, um... I, I mean, it's obvious this kid, you know, is is just highlighting the obvious. Mom didn't, she was doing the same thing in the earlier interview, and this is habituated, and so now her daughter doesn't is doing the same thing, and it's so much a part of her. And sometimes as adults, we recognize what those things are that our parents did, and we break off of them. But we do have an internal voice mm -hmm. that are, we hear from our parents and our upbringing. Of course. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. It happens all where the time. Where you, you hear your mom in the background as you're making a choice or a decision, or your dad's voice, and so much a part of who you are. What would mom think? Yeah. So I think the, the funny skit highlights that. That's such a part of who we are and it does have an impact. And not so much the voices, but also just the way of being and the way that they imparted life and the way they lived out life that is influences who we are today. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot easier said than done, but it's important to walk the talk 
Robert, what do you think? Man, I just think about how my mom talks to taxi drivers and how I <laughs> am the exact same person. Like, whenever I'm with her, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, Mom, leave them alone. You can't ask all these questions. But then as soon as I'm in a cab with a friend of mine, they're always like, leave them alone. You can't ask all these questions. So, yeah, I just think it's just something that I've inherently picked up, even though I don't even realize it half the time. Just gets stuck in you. It's like a song in your head or something. Totally true. Yeah. And I do want to say that there's individual differences. You know, obviously, as their kids are being raised and growing up, there's individual differences. There's individual personalities, and they're going to take up things and don't take others. But there is such a powerful influence in how we as parents live, and our kids emulate that. And we Mm -hmm. just need to be aware of that and recognize that we can't just have a bunch of rules and then not live by those rules. I think that's the point that we're trying to... Yeah. Get out there. And I think there's no better excuse than like, oh, that's just how my mom did it. You know, like as a, like when people do yeah. criticize how I handled myself in a taxi, I'll say, oh, well, that's just how I grew up. My mom's that way. And then they're like, oh, well, that's sacred. And I can't really criticize you for that. That's just who you are. And you, it's not your fault. It's your mom's fault. I just have one more example, and that is um, I grew up in the Dominican Republic, and so I'm from the Dominican Republic. How and cool I went, I went years back uh, for a mission trip, and we stayed in different homes. Mm-hmm. And I noticed how spotless and clean the house was. My friend was staying in another home, and she was like, they're cleaning the house with Clorox every day. Well, my family is like that. They're just very clean. Mm-hmm. and But it didn't realize how much of a cultural upbringing that was and then how much that's an inheritance that we have in our own family. The things have to be very, very clean and how that value has been passed on to us. And so that's just something, that's a specific example. And I guess the question would be for you is what is the things that you observed as a child that you've picked up on? Maybe you're not even as aware of how that's a value that you intrinsically inherit and, that, and then you pass on to your kids. In my case, it's cleaning and how important cleaning is and what that value is for us. And that's just something generationally and culturally that's been passed down. But if I wouldn't have seen that, maybe I wouldn't have been as self-aware of it. And so there's just so many things that we do and so many expectations that we put on our kids that we don't realize. And it's all based on on behaviors. Nobody ever said, you have. yeah, they did say you have to clean, but it's so much about doing and things that were happening. And you just saw it happen, so you just do it, most definitely. Well, thank you very much for sharing all your expertise. Hopefully, I guess uh, I do want to tell parents um, somewhere I read that parents are the most important or the most influential people in our kids' life. For sure. So sometimes we, we may think, you know, they have other influences, but definitely our actions speak louder than our words. So hopefully that's a, a good message for you uh, listening out there. And hopefully you can make tweaks if you need to make them. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Robert, thank you very much. Dr. Los, thank you for sticking around, for your expertise, for your examples in life, for the laughs and all that good stuff. And we'd like to invite you to stay tuned for our next podcast. How much is self-worth worth a conversation worth having in a superficial world? So make sure you join us. That's right. This was The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. Remember to follow us on social media with hashtag The Struggle is Real or hashtag TSIR. And visit our website, FamilyBridgesUSA.com. And when you get an opportunity, please share the podcast with your friends, family, or loved ones. The tips and the Family Bridges app to get the latest on The Struggle is Real. Thanks for tuning in. I am Omar Ramos. And I'm Veronica Avila. Till next time. time.
This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 